0: Don't go stupid places at stupid times and interact with stupid people. Self defense, self awareness, self development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of themartialist.net and philelmore.com. I am the aforementioned Phil Elmore, your host. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. Uh, This week, I thought we would talk about the ways in which we all make ourselves victims. And I have a few really cool or really horrible stories, depending on your perspective, that relate to the things we do that make ourselves victims. And I promised in the Surviving the News News and Commentary podcast that I would tell the full, well, an edited version of the full version of the Tony Todd story. Because I met Tony Todd at four in the morning at a Dunkin' Donuts on Monroe Avenue in Rochester, New York. And I thought I had lost my mind. I will tell you that story and how it relates to the stupid things we do to make ourselves victims. No, I was not victimized by Tony Todd. Tony Todd was merely a bystander to a tableau that was already unfolding. But... Uh, This relates to, topically, there was the Waffle House Avenger story. The story of the young lady who amazingly just deflected a chair. And uh, lost in that story was the fact that the reason Waffle House fired the young lady and apparently told her she was not allowed to work at any Waffle House was not for deflecting the chair and being awesome. It was because apparently she participated very heavily in, in conflict with customers you know throwing things at them and basically doing stuff you don't want your employees to escalate the situation now i would argue that the way you avoid having trouble at a waffle house is not to go to one in the middle of the night out here in new york we had a a lingering problem a persistent problem with denny's because denny's is one of the few places that's open or was open till all hours of the night there were a number of incidents at Denny's late at night where people got violent, often because you know there's drinking involved. The crowd that's out in the middle of the night after drinking, not the most calm and sedate of groups of people. There was one Dunkin' uh, Dunkin' Donuts. There was one uh, Denny's that is not too far from where I am now that they closed down and turned into an entirely different type of store. It's uh, it's like a like a dairy convenience store thing now um because it was constant problems in the middle of the night whenever you walk into any store now at at night and there's a security guard already you should be concerned because you are in a place where bad things have happened before that justified the expense of hiring a security guard um when you go any to any store and you see like i've mentioned before when you see the the um Uh, The bars on the windows, the bulletproof plexiglass that the clerk is behind at the gas station, the blinking lights of gunshot detectors on the posts uh, in the neighborhood. Those are all signs that you're in a bad neighborhood and you should be extra careful and leave as soon as you possibly can. There was uh, was a strip mall that had a Little Caesars in it and there was a family dollar and it was a place that I used to go and shop occasionally because it was near where I lived and uh this was during a period in my life where i was definitely impoverished and uh lucky to be renting a room uh during this time i went uh, the neighborhood was not a great one and i was shall we say quite pale compared to the predominant demographic of the neighborhood so i was always very conscious of the fact that i stood out that it was you know i was not blending in and i went to the the family dollar and the little caesar's So I would usually go to both because when you're poor Little Caesars is one thing you can buy It was like five or six bucks at the time Um, And you know, that's a that's a godsend when you have almost no money But I went there and I almost tripped over It was a little Not an altar or offering, but it was a bunch of candles and teddy bears and flowers on the pavement on the sidewalk outside the store and my brain suddenly made the connection I'm standing where a kid was murdered for his shoes. Specifically, he was murdered for his shoe money because there was one of those fancy sneaker joints in this strip mall. You know, and it it was the quintessential inner city strip mall. There was a Renaissance, uh, center there was the Family Dollar, and there was this store for expensive sneakers. And it's how amazing is it that it all goes together? The one thing it didn't have was a liquor store. And I look down, and I'm like... I am standing on the exact spot where a kid was shot to death for the money in his wallet. And then I realized, oh yeah, this is a really bad neighborhood and I shouldn't come here. And I should never come here after dark. And this relates to the dumb things we do to endanger ourselves by going to stupid places at stupid times to do stupid things with stupid people. Um, I don't want to tell you not to live your life. And I violate these rules myself in the name of living my life. But when I do, I'm very aware of the fact that I'm breaking or bending that rule. The rule that says don't victimize yourself by putting yourself in a dangerous scenario. We all do it. Because what's the alternative? You, you can become Howard Stern and live inside your gilded prison and never leave the house and be angry at anyone who does and be angry at anyone who lives their lives. Uh, sorry, that's a little bit of political commentary that crept into this. With me, that's impossible to avoid. So, uh, I wouldn't want to go to a Denny's or a Waffle House in the middle of the night if I could avoid it. However, I've done that. I've, I've gone to, not a Waffle House, we don't have, if we have them around here, I've never been to one. Um, but I've gone to diners in the middle of the night. I've gone to diners in the middle of the night after drinking. That's part of living your life. Um just the other day my girlfriend and i went to an art store it's it was nighttime it was after dark and the neighborhood's not great then it's a it's close to downtown it is not a great neighborhood it's the sort of place where i would not be at all surprised to be confronted by someone who wanted to mug us now that happened to us outside a bookstore in what i would characterize as a decent suburban neighborhood so trouble can find you no matter where you are but um you can <laughs> can mitigate the possibility by again not doing stupid things in stupid places with stupid people even though we all do Um, and that is why I have the Tony Todd story the the Tony Todd story kind of really illustrates how we put ourselves in danger the year was I want to say it was 2009 Michael Jackson had just died and people were driving around with their windows down blasting Michael Jackson out of their, their speakers because in death, Michael Jackson was cool again because we didn't have to worry about him touching anyone. And uh, I found myself sort of at loose ends. It was not a good time in my life. And a friend of mine and uh, my, uh, my friend and another friend we'll call the designated driver invited me to go to a gay and lesbian bar in Rochester. This place is notorious. Um, now, I am not gay, and I, an editor of mine once told me that oh, they wouldn't even let you into a gay bar, Phil. And I'm like, is it that obvious? I feel like I'm more cosmopolitan in my older age, but uh, no one stopped us from going. And, and it was one of those things where it was kind of a friend of a friend thing. Let's go to this place and have this adventure. Now, already, we're going to a stupid place and it's nighttime in the summer. that's a stupid time to be in a stupid place. Um, and as it turned out, our designated driver turned out to be eh, moderately stupid and I'll explain. Not a not a, it's not a bad not a bad thing, but it caused an issue. <laughs> I will explain. So we go to this place and it is it's, it's called uh, it, I don't know if it still exists. It was called nasty Ds. And Nasty D's was notorious because previously a woman had driven an SUV deliberately into a crowd of people. And I believe there were there was a death or deaths. I don't remember now. I'd have to look up the news story. But this is not a good place. It's a bad neighborhood surrounded by bad people. And the clientele of this bar eh, kind of runs the gamut as, as evidenced by the fact that somebody deliberately drove a truck into a bunch of people outside it. Um. But the place was absolutely packed. i have never seen a bar that was busier, including an Irish pub on St. Patrick's Day. This was busier than that. Why? Just a busy Friday night, Saturday night, whatever it was. So we walk in there, and I'm like, well, I've never been to a gay and lesbian bar before, but, well, it's a bar. So I walked up to the bar, and I ordered a white Russian. Through some sort of weird miscommunication, he handed me two of them. And I was in a place where I'm like, well, okay, and I drank them both. That kind of set the tone for the evening. I'm just like, one, two. Uh, And I didn't have any issues myself with anyone there at the bar. There was one guy that I bumped into. I I mentioned that it's all very, very crowded. I accidentally bumped into a guy and immediately apologized. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. And he looked at me like if he could have created lasers from his eyes to bore my head off, he would have. I mentioned that to somebody else later. I'm like, I don't understand why he looks so hostile. And the person I mentioned it to, and I might have been a coworker, I don't remember now, said he probably knew you were straight and resented your presence in this place. And I'm like, that seems like psychic powers, but okay. I mean, I don't know. So but that's kind of the the place where I had. it was mostly okay, but I was drinking heavily. So I proceeded to get really, really drunk. And my friend and I were at one point outside, uh, and because this is the sort of place where you've got to duck out periodically just to get some air. It's full of people, all that body heat makes the, the bar much warmer than it's supposed to be. And at one point uh, we got trapped in the vestibule, the, the area between the outside and the inside, there's like this little airlock foyer thing um and we were just trapped by the crush of people well there was some sort of commotion that happened and i forget the exact order of events but people started fighting again we're in a stupid place surrounded by stupid people doing stupid things and we've added alcohol to the mix now i'm drunk and i'm just like what is happening so while we're trapped in the vestibule we see somebody passing us a pair of like size 13 pumps over the crowd probably so that someone else could use them as a weapon. That's that's the sort of thing you see at a place like this. Um, You know high-heeled size 13 shoes. And there was a woman in the vestibule who was afraid of whatever fracas was taking place beyond where we were. And my friend and I were between her and the crowd and i looked at her i said i'm drunk mind you i said don't worry there's 600 pounds of dude between you and this and my friend looked at me he's like well that's got to be 400 200 i mean we argued about that for a while it was actually quite comical but uh and and so from then on we were 600 pounds of justice and that was very amusing to me but uh things got worse (laughs) so during another we managed to get out of the vestibule it's already starting to get chaotic and outside on the sidewalk a couple of young women got into a fist fight and one of them knocked the other one unconscious just punched her out cold she hits the sidewalk splat this is not good so we come outside and witness the aftermath of this where she's lying on the ground and my friend who's not stupid said don't move her do not move her and meanwhile they're picking her up and her head is lolling around I'm like that's what you want after you've just been knocked unconscious and maybe struck your head on the on the pavement is to have somebody moving you around and getting your neck all moving so that was oh it was bad it was bad but it was about to get worse now i've mentioned uh rule number one of not making yourself a victim of crime is don't go dangerous places, even though we all do it sometimes. So just by being at this bar, I have broken rule number one. Arguably, I've broken a few of the tenets of rule number one because I'm surrounded by, by dumb things. I'm just, it's, everything about this is wrong. It sums it all up. And I ended up breaking the second rule I'm going to give you because of what happened next. The second rule is when you are at a dangerous place surrounded by stupid people and stupid things that could happen. Rule number two is don't stay there when things start to get weird. Uh, you should leave. You should leave right away. And so when the cops started to appear as if by magic in puffs of purple smoke suddenly there are just police everywhere I grabbed my friend, I said, we should go. There's cops everywhere. We should leave. And we suddenly realized Designated Driver, nowhere to be found. So now there's a giant crowd of people in this bar. We're outside, she's inside. There's a giant crowd of people between us and Designated Driver. And we're like, well, we better go get her. So we fight our way back in. We don't find her. So we, I don't mean we're, I'm not saying, it's not Kung Fu fighting. We're not, literally, we, we managed to worm our way through the crowd in. She's not there. So we have to then worm our way back out of the crowd. It takes a while. We get out just in time to hear designated driver say the words, you get that effing light out of my face. And I heard the sound that, you know the, the Brady Bunch special where they go to Hawaii, and one of them finds a cursed necklace? And whenever the cursed necklace is about to make something bad happen, there's a sound like, doo doo Well, the second I heard the words, you get that effing light out of my face, I heard, doo-doo-doo, because something bad was about to happen. And as we watched, our designated driver was arrested for not obeying the police orders to disperse because they were just you leave get out everyone leave and they made a they made an example out of her uh charges that were if i remember correctly eventually dismissed because she literally had done nothing wrong they arrested her stuffed her in a cop car and took her to jail for not obeying them fast enough so there was a period of time while she was in the back of the car but they hadn't left yet and and i'm like that uh (laughs) uh-oh My drunk brain is like, this is a problem. So I say to my friend, I'm like, don't worry, I'll handle this. Because, again, we are now breaking the rule that says don't stay when things start to get weird or dangerous. You should leave. Well, we can't leave. She was the only way for us to leave because we're both drunk. So I, I walk up to the cop car, and I'm trying to trying to play it all like I, I can do this. Excuse me, Officer. The young lady in the back of your car happens to be our designated driver, and I was wondering whereupon some sort of uh, an understanding could be reached, whereupon she goes from being in the back of your car to not being in the back of your car, hence so that she may drive us home. No, she's gone to jail, he says to me. Fair enough. Does he know her too? I, I believe he wishes to speak to you, I say to my friend. He gives us a bunch of stuff from her purse that she can't take into the jail. So now we've got like a pocket knife and some other stuff and the stuff that can't go into the jail. Tells us where she'll be and how to find her and drives away. Now we're standing there with the keys to a car we can't drive because we're both wasted and a light rain begins to fall. <laughs> so this brings me to rule number three. Number one, remember, was don't go to these dangerous places with stupid people and do stupid things. Number two is don't stay when things start to get weird. Number three is don't fail to admit that you've screwed up. You're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to go, I need to radically alter what I'm doing. So, like, uh, in the case of the Waffle House Avenger... All of those people who stayed and recorded the fight, they all should have left. If they'd been smart, they'd have just gone, because they easily could have gotten embroiled in the, in the problem, could have got hurt, all that stuff. It's okay to go, you know what, we should never come to a Waffle House at 2 in the morning ever again. And, I mean, this was, I'd never been to a gay and lesbian bar on a busy weekend night before, and so I haven't been since because you're allowed to change your mind. So rule number three, do never fail to admit when you've screwed up and go, well, this was a mistake. And learn from that mistake. You must learn from that mistake. So I look down and I'm holding a pink umbrella. I don't know where I got it. I'm like, D- whose umbrella is this? I don't know. Why do I have it? I don't know. So he was more sober than I was, but not capable of driving and also quite upset like, I was in a weird place in my life, so this was just kind of an adventure to me. I just didn't care. And that's how I let myself get pulled into it in the first place. So, drunk, I'm trying to problem solve. I'm like, okay, what do we do? All right, first of all, we don't need these knives. I had, I had a pocket knife. We had hers from her purse. I think he had one. Okay, we got the keys to the car. We can't drive a car. So we put the knives in the glove compartment. Knives in the way. We don't need the umbrella. Put it now. It's raining. I don't know why. I thought I didn't need the umbrella, but whatever. Okay. Now what do we need? We need to be sober so we could drive the car, but we're not. We're, coffee. Where is there coffee? He says to me, "I don't know." There's a Dunkin' Donuts that way. Now, mind you, it's like three in the morning. It's it's getting close to. It's very. It's getting so late. It's early. <laughs> so we make our way. To the Dunkin' Donuts, along the way we meet a nice homeless man who's covered in knife scars, who my friend knew, Um, I'm not sure what the connection was there, but they had a passing acquaintance, so that was interesting, and um, we end up at Dunkin' Donuts, and we're sitting there, and now my friend is on the phone making arrangements to get us out of there, it was quite beyond, I didn't know anyone. Uh, in the area. I didn't have any connections. There was nothing I could do. So it fell to my friend to fix this. And he did. He proceeded to fix this. Of course, as soon as we got to the Dunkin' Donuts, the calls started rolling like, what happened to designated driver? So so he's solving all of that. And I'm being drunk and annoying because I was way more wasted than he was. So at one point, I go up and I buy donuts. And I sit down and I'm like, you want a crawler? No, I'm busy. Tasty crawler. I, I give him a lot of credit for putting up with me because I am just the world's most obnoxious drunk. I really am. So we're sitting there and I'm eating my crullers and he's solving the problem. And so they really on my part. There's nothing to do but wait to be rescued because someone was going to come and give us a ride. And, and we were going to, you know, we ended up going to the jail, getting designated driver out of jail. And like I said, they dismissed those charges because they were BS. She didn't do anything wrong. Uh, but, you know, at the time it was all very alarming. But while I'm sitting there, I look up and I thought I had gone insane. Now, this is a good time to bring up rule number four. We've covered don't go to the bad places with the bad people or the dumb people, don't stay when things get weird. Remember to admit when you've made a mistake. Those are the first three rules. Number four is make sure you don't call 911 while you're still in proximity to the danger. And I remember thinking about that while we were sitting there, that we had a nice safe place to make these phone calls and make these arrangements. The time to try and make those arrangements would not have been while we were still in the midst of all the nuttiness. So without realizing it, we had done something that you're supposed to do, which is remove yourself to a safe place before you start making phone calls, especially to 911. Like if you're witnessing a crime and you're on the phone with 911 while the crime is happening, And the people doing the crime hear you? They're gonna come after you. That's happened to me before. Um, Anyway, so I look up and I'm looking at Tony Todd. It's now four in the morning in the middle of a Dunkin' Donuts on Monroe Avenue in downtown Rochester, New York. And I'm looking at Tony Todd, the actor. Tony Todd, who played, I think his name was Kern, Worf's brother on Star Trek The Next Generation. He was a villain in a season, one of the later seasons of 24. Matter of fact, I think he was on 24 in circa 2008-2009. He was Candyman. He was in the remake of Night of the Living Dead. Uh, He's super tall. You can't miss him. And and he's an awesome actor. And I look up. There's no way in this time, in this place, a famous Hollywood actor would be there. And yet, I'm looking at Tony Todd. And I start... While I'm looking at him as if afraid to break eye contact because he might disappear, I start tapping my friend, who's on the phone, getting us rescued. What? This this Tony Todd. What? This Tony Todd, the actor. What? I swear to God, it's. To- I think I've got his saying. He disappears because all he wants is the bathroom, and a guy comes in whose name was Isaiah. I know because Tony Todd called him by name, and Isaiah comes in. He's very very nicely dressed, and uh, I say, "Excuse me, sir. Yes." Is that Tony Todd, the actor? Well, yes, it is. <laughs> so, eventually, Tony Todd comes back from... T- People had been trying to use this bathroom all night, and it was locked, and I don't think he was successful. So he comes back from wherever the bathroom is, he's like, okay, come on, Isaiah. And that's how I found out Isaiah's name. And then they leave. And I was left with just... Thank God Isaiah confirmed for me that it was Tony Todd, the actor, because to this day, I would be... I don't know if I saw Tony Todd or not. And actually I got confirmation independent confirmation from a friend who went to a horror convention and Tony Todd was there I don't remember how much longer after this incident that convention was but it wasn't too long he told me that Tony Todd remembered having been in that Dunkin Donuts uh, in Rochester and the reason he was there and so this is how I know what was going on he was doing a play at Jiva theater in Rochester it turns out that Tony Todd's first love is the theater. And I thought that was awesome. Like, this guy's like a, like a Shakespearean-type actor. You know, everyone says, like, William Shatner was trained as a Shakespearean actor. It doesn't show. But, you know, the, the idea that this guy is actually a, really devoted to his craft is kind of awesome. And he, he remembered having been there. I don't think he remembered a random drunk guy who was like, I think that's Tony Todd. But, you know, he, he remembered the time and place. So it was nice to get confirmation of that from a couple of different directions after the fact. But all of this happened, this adventure, where I finally got home, I think it was six in the morning, by the time our ride after rescuing us dropped me off at home. And I remember I was kind of sobering up by then and I was just like, wow. This was like like one of those Harold and Kumar movies in terms of adventure. So, but also, In retrospect, looking back at it, I had time to think about just how much danger we were in at any given point in the process. This was not safe. This was a dangerous, dangerous adventure. Uh, There were so many ways something could have gone horribly wrong. And, you know, I broke all the rules. And this brings me to rule number five, which is never tell yourself that it cannot happen to you. Because it can. Now, I went out of my way to put myself in as many sort of instigating factors as possible. But like I said, my girlfriend and I were walking out of a bookstore and a guy tried to mug us, you know, a a bookstore in a decent neighborhood. You just never know when danger will find you. So when you increase all the odds, when you take the slider and push it all the way up to all the danger, give me all the danger, all the stupid, then yes, something is bound to happen. I'm lucky that what happened was relatively harmless. Yes, someone I was with got arrested, but it turned out to be okay. Uh, Yes, we got stranded, but it turned out to be okay. Um, Yes, we were in a dangerous neighborhood full of dangerous people, but nobody bothered us. Uh, Even though we were quite, you know, at least I was, I was quite helpless. Anyone could have come along and knocked me over. I was, you know, really gone. Um, And I ended up having a funny story to tell about it after the fact, but it's only luck. It's only luck that it happened that way. So I don't know what became of the young lady who got knocked out and probably ended up with a concussion. I don't think she remembers that night fondly if she remembers it at all. Uh, But it's always best to avoid these stupid places that are populated by stupid people. And don't make yourself stupid by making yourself more vulnerable. But we all do it we all in engaging in life in partying and having a good time we all do things that are calculated risks when i went to the art store at night would in a what i knew was a bad neighborhood i made sure that i was armed and i made sure that i was extra wary when we were transitioning from the car through the parking lot to the store and then back again that's what you have to do you shouldn't not live your life but you should understand when you're taking calculated risks and focus yourself appropriately and i'm not saying don't go out and party and randomly run into hollywood actors i'm just saying be aware that what you're doing is taking a risk it's risky and i'm lucky that it worked out okay would i go and party again probably not to that particular i don't even think that place exists anymore i looked it up on google maps and there's a different name outside so i don't know if the place closed and reopened as something else again but i don't know and i don't care my point is that you know, I'll still live my life, but as I get older, I'm slowing down anyway. <laughs> you know, so uh, like you know, my, my New Year's Eve was was watching the ball drop on on uh, Ryan Seacrest's Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. So, you know, that's that's the speed I'm at right now. But understand, I want you to live your life. I want you to have fun. But these five rules are really important. Number one, don't go to stupid places with stupid people and do stupid things. Number two. Don't stay when things start to get weird. Number three, never fail to admit that you screwed up and learn from it. Number four, uh, always get to a safe place before you start dialing 911 or making other phone calls. And number five, never tell yourself that it can't happen to you because it can and it probably will eventually. No matter what you do, no matter how safe you are, it can and will eventually happen and you got to be ready for it. So that is the tony todd story that is the story of how a girl got knocked out and i met tony todd and it was all because i did something remarkably stupid that could have made me a victim and these five rules i've given you are how we can all avoid becoming victims ourselves all right that's going to do it for this episode until next time pretend i said something cool here this has been the martial arts podcast with phil elmore visit us online at linktree slash phil elmore